four-day losing streak on the S&P, volume kind of declining on it. Mid-month seasonality, setting up a little bullish. Did we miss a chance to buy the dip for the Santa Claus rally? China, they're talking about easing restrictions again, so that's helping the market out a little bit, but we've heard that too before. We got to discuss the rate, not the rating of the day, not the rating of the month, not the rating of the year, but maybe the rating of the decade in Billy Billy. Price target 250. Can you believe that? We got some news on ExxonMobil, Chevron, and then we have Mark Chaikin of Chaikin Analytics with his second to last appearance on the show this year. Mitch, let's give the people what they want. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right. Good morning, traders and investors. We're going to talk the December contract, even though the March is the front month contract. I'll talk about that when Dennis comes on. Uh, we're ripping. We're up 15 and a half handles at 39.52 and a quarter. Nice overnight range. Can we take out that high from yesterday at 61.50? Uh, the buck up nine cents, uh, 105.14. Not a big move there. TLT. Let's talk about that rally in that TLT when Triple D comes on. It's flat today at 109.47, but what a rally. Uh, crude getting a rebound, a much-needed rebound, up 247 at 74.48. Gold flat, 17.98. Silver up, not even a penny, 22.92 and a half. And Bitcoin, we got to talk about Bitcoin here because it's just, well, I guess we don't need to talk about it because it's not moving. Uh, let's bring in uh, Triple D and uh, Mitch. How you guys oh. doing? Dennis, how you feeling? How's that tooth? The root canal is okay. I feel like I'm getting another cold. Back to back to back to back to back to back infections or it's just long COVID that just goes in waves. Um, but the root canal went all right. It was a little bit challenging because I had jaw surgery 20 years ago Ooh. and there's a little screw in my chin. There's two screws that kind of hold my jaw. And he was trying to obviously go down and dig out the root. And he's like, well, I can't go too low. I had that screw. What so happened like, to the fine. jaw? Uh, did you uh, get like a cartoon? Stuff. Did you no, see a big stock and like, you know, the jaw dropped? You know, that kind of thing? You know, <laughs> it, I'd like to have a good story with it. But it was just uh, when I had braces and orthodontic stuff. So it's probably. Man, I thought it was ago. a good stock story. Long time ago. They were <laughs> hey, thanks for fight. sending me that picture. With the with the screw, I know. But, I, know. Uh, I, I really appreciate that. It, it was crazy because they're digging down, and the <laughs> screws right there. And he's like taking an X-ray. And he's like, I can go a little bit more. I can go a little bit more. He's trying to go as far as he possibly could. How about we don't? Bloody screw! <laughs> yeah, he hits the screw off, and then my jaw yeah, falls off. Exactly. <laughs> How about we don't go further, please? <laughs> no, yeah, it wouldn't be good. So, anyways, I feel okay that way. But again, like I said, I don't know why I'm sneezing. I'm blowing my nose. I obviously have another cold, or it's just the next wave of COVID. That can I, can I show the screw, Dennis? Can they I didn't tell you with COVID, Mitch. They didn't tell you when they oh, were doing really the waves. You know the waves? Oh, you're trying it, to show it. 
I don't know. If <laughs> get it, yeah, so. I'll, I could put you full screen, maybe. Nah, I ain't gonna see it like that. I see that root though. The root. Right <laughs> into the screw. I can tweet the picture if you want to see the picture. But uh, yeah, they didn't tell you with the waves, Mitch, and the COVID that once you get the first wave, you never get rid of it. So you just keep getting the waves of infection, just keep going through your body and never goes away. It's like That's how I feel. Anyways, you but... know, you just got to wait through the winter. <laughs> I, I, they tell me just go to Florida. Just turn around just and go, go to, to Florida, Florida and then, that, and then that the sunshine you? will get rid of it. That's what my friends are telling me. There you go. Go burn it get out. Get away from this, like, get away from, you know, this northern Georgian Bay, snow in November, <laughs> and get down to Florida, and everything will be better. Maybe that's Yeah, we got to get you out the icebox, and we'll, we'll bring you over here to the sunshine. No worries. Maybe. Even go to even go to Detroit, it'd be better. So all right, let's get towards the stock action. Overall yeah. price action from yesterday. Yeah. I wasn't able to focus too much. I was lost in the Benzinga future of crypto life. But what did you see out there? Yesterday's price action? Yes. Yeah. Um more of the same. A lot of nervousness. I mean, it was a quiet day compared to the day before. S&P mm-hmm. did not breach its previous low. At least the SPY did not. A little pesky mm-hmm. little double bottom, you could call it. 9164, yeah. 9197. So that's the good news. And we've bounced out of there a little bit here. And we've you know, sold off a good 100 handles in three days. So, I mean, we could be due for a little bit of a bounce here. But, again, I think he's got to fade everything. So it's just the market where you get the big move, and unless it's Billy Billy, which just continues to run, which we'll talk about in a second, it seems like everything is just a fade. Roll over price action. They did this to me again. You know, you have the quad witch next Friday, right? The third Friday of the month. So the way it typically works out is they roll over the contract the second Wednesday of the month, right? But not when you have a month that ends on 30, right, Uh, November 30th. So basically, what you're looking at right now, and I'm going to talk Ds for the rest of the week, but March is the front contract. Um, So during the rollover, I've explained this before. If you have a long position in the Ds, you got to sell the Ds and buy the March and vice versa. And there's still good volume, but the volume shifts over to the contract. And what it does is it creates these pockets, you know, where some people actually try and do the spread. Some people try and lag the spread. And uh, it was heavily traded back on the floor. I mean, that's some. there were some guys, uh, I think his name was Howard Siegel, E-G-L-E. He would only show up to trade the rollover and to really? trade those spreads. Yeah, so it, it creates some choppy price action. And that's what you saw yesterday. And uh, we did at the close on uh, premarketprep.com yesterday. And you looked at a lot of the charts that uh, our chat was, uh, was great. And did, like they were just putting in a low above a low. You know, not as low as like you really want to like, oh, I'm really going to buy the dip on this one, but just a higher low. And they were protecting that low. And you're thinking, yeah, maybe you're not going to take out that low from Tuesday. And it, things kind of look kind of bullish uh, for a lot of stocks. I think maybe um, AMD was one of them. If we take a look at that, you know, a nice higher uh, matching low in AMD. Uh, now that's trading up not much. I think another one was NVIDIA. Uh, that did, did a lower low, but recovered. Um, so that's what the market looked like. We're up today. This is the first day <clears> trade <throat> in the March contract, and that's H. Yeah, sure. uh, so I think they comped for a little bit of the choppy price action. I think it's just 
uncertainty too you've got a real battle like i said the big battle between the bulls and the bears it's like really you know that we know what the bear case is it's that you know interest rates you know recessions coming it's what i've been preaching here but the bulls have the case that hey stocks are really beat up a lot of this bad news is priced in and if all of a sudden we start to get inflation in check you know the market's going to applaud that and then you have the seasonality factors too so it's still the big battle and i don't know who wins in the short term i think in the long term stocks go lower um, which is probably counter to what a lot of people say in the long term. They say, oh, stocks always go higher. Well, my long term is a year from now, and I think they're going to be lower. Um, I think it's going to be very ugly 2023 for stocks, but doesn't say that, you know, you can't get this seasonality run. So I'm very cautious shorting the market here because you're still setting up. And people say, oh, there's no seasonality. You sold off 100 points last week. Well, now you set up even better for seasonality because you've come down. So you're not overbought anymore. So all it takes is one CPI data point, and they will rip that to 420. But again, I don't know what the CPI data is going to be. If it comes in hot, Katie bar the door, we go back down to the lows. So we're very dependent on the tape bomb that is coming next week. Yeah, Mark's going to come on in uh, a few minutes and uh, and discuss that. I just look at it just like the market dynamics from last week. There were just yep. no buyers at 4100. There were people that were trying to get out of year-end stuff. There were people that had a nice trade to the 600 move in the S&P, 600 handle move. And it was just like a buyer strike. Like, I'm not buying up here. I'm selling. I'm, and you kind of felt that with the market. And then there just, was this a big enough dip to buy for a year-end rally? That remains to be seen. But uh, China's helping us out today, huh, China Mitch? is always helping, it seems. Definitely. Like it doesn't want to get... At least, I mean, if you're looking for areas that have been strong lately, it's definitely in the China stocks. We're going to go ahead and yeah. we can go to Billy Billy. Sure. Um, because there is a great rating that uh, Dennis wanted to bring well, up. It definitely caught and, and him. And I've read like the, the fine print here. So I just to clarify, I did screw up when I originally sell. My goodness, they put a $250 price target on. So All right. Hong perfect. Kong. It wasn't Hong, me that couldn't find it. Hong Kong dollars. <laughs> No, no, you got to read the, the fine print. You got the good old, the good old currency. So I had to do the conversion. Trick. That's a thirty-two dollar price tag. Ah. So nobody ah. else did the conversion. The bots didn't do the conversion either because they're buying it up ten percent. They're like, oh my gosh, I put a two hundred fifty dollar price tag on twenty-three dollar stock. <laughs> not believe. so fast, bots. Algos, read the no, fine no, no. print. It's not in. It's in local currency. That's it's not in tricky. U.S. dollars. So you know what I, I call it's that? $32, I believe, is the equivalent. I call that Hong Kong Fooey. Hong Kong yeah. Fooey. Do you remember that? Mitch, yeah. I know you don't remember that. I, I, I know Chop Suey, at least. No, Chop Suey. Dennis, Dennis, Chop Dennis Chop remember Hong Kong Fooey? No, I don't know. You don't remember that cartoon? <laughs> no, Joel. You're talking back from the 19th century again. <laughs> you was it black and white, Joel? That's all I got to ask. It was before <laughs> color TV, for sure. <laughs> Come on, Chad. Help me out. Don't leave me hanging. Come on, uh, uh, Easy Mike, brother. And, uh, and come on. I mean, Help me it's out. Not, it's not only Billy Billy, right? It's it's a lot of the stocks. I mean, look where Baba is. $91. Well, well here, here you go. The dip yesterday. We get one dip for one day in China, and they buy it right back up. So Baba dips down, awful day, four, down $4 there, and they buy it right back up. Billy, they bought up yesterday. Starting hey. to make new highs. Maybe somebody knew this analyst was coming out. Boom. You know, you get it again here. Baidu, B-I-D-U, same story. Dips for a day, right back up to the 120 resistance. We'll see what happens. But these China stocks are so beat up. And they are, if you believe the numbers, these things are cheap, even relative to the market. 
So the PEs on these things are fairly low. Did we ever do the PE on Baba? We ever get the PE on Baba? I'll take I know I, right it's a big gap accounting versus China accounting, but you know, it just say other things being equal. If we really believe the numbers, what's what's the PE on Forward Baba? outlook at nine point five. Nine times earnings. I mean, these are the kind of stocks they're buying. These are the yeah. kind of stocks they're buying. I think it's pretty safe to say. Baba hit almost an all-time low. Is that not incredible, Joel? The yeah. way this stock has grown earnings. Back mm-hmm. in 2016, this was $55. It went to 300 in the tech bubble of 2020, which we'll call it the official tech bubble that took out the tech bubble of 2001. In the tech bubble of 2020, it hit 300 in $19 and it went full circle and went all the way back down to retest an all-time low. The all-time low, you know, if you go back to the IPO was 57.20 and we recently got to 58.01 and it held. So that's the good news. And also the good news is the PE is low. Always potential tape bombs coming out of China. Always potential that maybe the numbers aren't as good as they appear to be because it doesn't have gap accounting. But with that being said, People just taking it at face value, P and nine, companies growing a long ways. I get why people are buying the stock. They walked it down. I mean, China walked it down. It was over 300. And I know that there was, um, it was in November. And I think there might have been some uh, some bad uh, singles day sales or something like that. And then they came out with the restriction. You know, they, 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 they you know, and wasn't it a missing time? Jack Ma? <laughs> yeah, we're still missing Jack Ma. I Did mean, we ever find were... him? <laughs> yeah, he's supposedly in a ditch he's been living. I think that he was living in Taiwan or living in Japan. One of those two. They, I saw some picture recently that said that he was he was over there for like two years. So uh, I know. I, he's he's hanging out. He's, he's I mean, good with it's Jack China. Ma. He, he's rich. He doesn't yeah. need to be well, doing no. much. And that, that's the difference, Mitch. He's he's China rich versus North American rich. China rich, it's not good to be rich because they don't <laughs> allow it over there. So you're never yeah. rich if you're All really... Right. Yeah, enough of that. Enough of that, <laughs> Okay, 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 sorry. That. Okay. Free All market, right, you would get mad at me. You'd say, don't say that. Free market I know, high, I know. Uh, I shouldn't say stuff like that. Billy, Billy, rich right off rich. that. Dennis, I want you to run a program where Billy, there's Billy. good news in China and what happens at 4 a.m. If that's the high or not, because uh, you mm-hmm. got a 4 a.m. pop, pre market high, 2444. Well, you know uh, what? I was reading the $250 price target and not looking at the Hong Kong dollars. That's why. Yeah. Every, yeah, I, I did it too. So I know I one like, that did that also. $250. Oh, no, Hong Kong. I said to you, Matt, I said to you, and when you you said that, I said, "Are you sure it's not 25? And you're like, "No, it's Joe and I were confused. We're like, "This, <laughs> this can't be." <laughs> yeah, well, that's that, that's what makes a market. At least you didn't. That is buy, exactly buy what makes the yeah, market. That's what makes the algos got another one wrong. Let's just take a look at Baba real quick. I'm moving around today. Uh, it's had a nice. I mean, the percentage moves in these things are just unbelievable. Hey, for you Baba traders out there, I got a good level for you. Uh, just based on the U.S. charts and the U.S. trading, look at the um, – there's a pair of highs at uh, 92.75 if you get up there today. That splits uh, your highs from Monday and Tuesday, 92.90 and 92.57. Your two-day close, you're not even there yet. That's uh, 91.45. I still hate these charts. I can't I can't figure out a way to trade them. Because they're just gapping all over the place. Just, yeah, I'll just be as honest as I can. I, well, I want to join the party, but it's 
it, they're when, hard it, when it's in the intraday it's sideways action it, it, again and i i'm saying you know you almost have to hedge china with china like make a call yeah. on a certain stock exactly because they all move together mm-hmm. you know there is some pair trades opportunities and i do pair trade china often but Again, the tape bombs, and people are saying, why do you like BABA? You know, why are you buying BABA? Okay, I've got to clarify here because people listen and they don't listen. I did not say I was buying BABA. Did I say I was buying BABA, Joel? I'm saying no. why people are buying BABA. That exactly. doesn't mean that Huge is buying BABA. <laughs> I'm scared of China. I don't know China. I sold more China. I had a China ETF. I actually sold some more of it yesterday because I was just scared of the whole situation over there. So I am not coming in here and advocating that we need to buy BABA right now. I'm telling you uh-huh. why it's catching a bit. And I get that. But because I get that doesn't mean I'm executing and buying the stock here. So I want to clarify today, I am not buying BABA. So I have multiple people reaching out like, Yo, you like BABA now. No, the, I'm saying it's why it's getting bought. It's got a low P.E. That's it's why. the uh, vocal bots that are trying to, um, you know, they're picking up on what you're saying and then they're running it through their systems and they're trying to clarify. Like if you say it two or three times that you're buying BABA, then that's a different buy signal if you just say that it has a low PE. So you got to watch saying out. people are buying BABA because it has a low PE. People are scrambling. They're going. This is what is happening. You, it's not a coincidence. Like my job as a trader is to identify relationships. What I can tell you in the last month and a half is low PE stocks are all getting bought and high PE stocks are all getting sold relative to each other. You know, yes, we've had an overall market rally, but you know, why is Goldman Sachs up a hundred bucks in the last month and a half? Well, the PE six. They're not, it's simple. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we got, we got Mr. Chaykin in the back. Bring him in for this conversation because this conversation is very uh, good for, for old school. Like us, bring Mark. All right. Let's get to Mark Chaykin and Chaykin Analytics. I love the intro. intro. Well done guys. Got to bring him on with a little music guy. Suit and ties in that intro. Mark always well-dressed. I'll, uh, I'll have uh, to. Uh, he's a suit. He's have a to former up my suit. Thursday morning game. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. I, I I read about a lot about Mark in my book. So uh, shout out to you, Mark. Are you studying this for book. this? You studying for the CMT? Yes, yes, Mark. Oh, good I read luck. a lot. So shout out to you, my friend. Definitely enjoy reading a lot about your indicators. If you guys have never taken doubt, uh, you get that one. Taken doubt. Taken doubt. Good one. Okay. Definitely check out the indicators that Mark Chaykin has uh, brought for us, right? And I think a lot of that is behind Chaykin Analytics. But let's get towards the action. What are you seeing in this mark in this market right now with this pullback? Is this an opportunity for us, Mark? Well, we've got the Fed coming up, and uh, as I said to Joel yesterday, we won't know whether we're going to flop back down to thirty five hundred or you know get the market moving again up toward the resistance. But clearly, you know, what people are getting so smart now, you go on the internet and you see posts and everybody is looking at the right things, but that doesn't mean they're going to be right. So everybody saw that trend line coming down off the highs and the overbought levels that we achieved. And so uh, we got a pullback almost too perfectly right off the high um, you know, it's the high that connects the January peak back in uh, 2022. And so everybody's seen that. There's your trend line. 
And that's the fourth pullback from that trend line. It's perfect. It's almost too perfect. So we're now at a mini support level down at 3,900, 3,930, and we could get a bounce. Are you drawing automatic trend lines there, uh, Dennis? No, this is Mitch. Hey, Mitch, Mitch, is this auto? We're using auto? the Mitch charts. And Mitch I'm trying to get my CMT, Mark. Come on. You know That's I got it. this. It's the course. Yeah. It's the course. Yeah. It this teaches is good. you how so, to draw fast trend lines, too. Mark, what yeah. about maybe everything's all, all the bad news is factored in? I mean, you know, this market is a discounting mechanism, correct? And it, it looks forward. And, that you know, the Fed is throwing everything, but the kitchen sink at this economy. And everyone, I mean, Everyone has been calling for a recession is, you know, it was supposed to be here by now, right? Wasn't the, the impending session supposed to, where they started raising rates earlier in the year? Um, and this, it just, this, I mean, there's still job openings. There's still a vibrant economy. People are still traveling. I mean, is, is the market looking beyond these Fed hikes and, and being the discounting uh, mechanism, money mechanism that it should be? If it was, we'd be above 43.85 and up, off and running, but it isn't, Joel. Uh, what we've got is a lot of hopium, but people oh, yeah. are hoping oh, for yeah. the wrong thing. Um, there's a pattern that I think I've talked about, but if not, this is um, probably the foremost um, costly words in, in an investor's vocabulary. This time is different. <laughs> it's not going to be different, guys. The no bear market since 1955 has ended until the Fed has cut rates. So well, people are hoping for a pause. Forget right. about it. Well, but they redefine pivot in the media. A pivot now is just the simple of slowing the rate hikes. That's what they're like calling it right now. Well, that's hoping. I mean, that's hoping that that's going to end it, but it doesn't. You go back to every bear market and every recession they're tied together with bear markets and they bottom out after the fed lowers rates not before i'm with you mark what, so, what do you uh, think though like why you know uh, we've bought a lot of stocks here up to all-time highs here now and i mean I we were just talking the low pe trade ahead of you know right before he got on and you know i've been i've been isolating this for the last month i mean low pe stocks are getting bought like crazy and high pe stocks are not getting bought or even sold so, I mean, th does this trade continue or is like, can these low PE stocks work even if we go into a recession? So, like, just like I'll give you some example, like deer, deer had an all time high. Yep. I mean, th is this just hopium or is this like deer works even in a recession? I'm, I'm asking you because, you, know, I... uh, you know, this is the dilemma that investors are faced with right now. I yeah. think for a parallel in terms of what we're seeing now, not where we're going to be, it's 2000 to 2002, where the small cap stocks went into their own bull market, rallied 40%, while the tech bubble, uh, the internet bubble was unwinding. So uh, we're not quite seeing that now. In fact, that index is lagging. If I, if I saw the IWM break through a previous peak, I'd be more bullish. But to do that, you'd have to get through resistance in the S&P. So, yeah, there are pockets of stocks. When we talked about China two weeks ago, a day after Thanksgiving, you asked me what the power gauge was saying, and it was bullish on JD.com. It was bullish on Alibaba, but I pointed out PDD. And look what PDD has done with a bullish power gauge. 
that's been outperforming the market. So, you know, there are some massive moves here. I'd be fading the moves because uh, whether it's China or the U.S., first quarter, you're going to get some very down revisions for earnings going into 2023, and you're going to get a lot of negative um, company forecasts. So I, I just... I think the market can rally into year end. I think it's going to have a real hard time getting above 4,200. And I think whatever the ultimate low will be, whether you believe Goldman Sachs and it's, or, or um, Wilson at Morgan Stanley, that it's going to be in the low 3,000s, or whether you think we're just going to test the bottom, there's plenty of downside risk here. I mean, that's what it is. That's what the market comes back to. It's all risk-reward. This is why I've raised cash up, too. Because, you know, if I do miss the boat, I mean, at least I'm getting some money in my cash. But I'm like, it's just so much risk out here. I mean, I just don't see, like, this nice favorable environment. You know, we went from, like, 1% interest rates to 4.5, going to 5. I mean, it just doesn't seem like the favorable environment anymore. And, you know, who says that the market has to come back next year? Everybody keeps posting. I see this everywhere. Oh, the average bear market is 18 months. So people are saying, well, we're already a year into this. We know we're going to make new highs in six months. I mean, is that thinking, you know, I I think a bear market, you know, doesn't have to just end in 18 months here, Mark. Well, uh, you're right. But arguably, the bear market's been going on since February of 2021 when the tech stocks and Kathy Woods peaked. So that means we should be right now making new highs. And maybe in some stocks we are. Well, not necessarily making new highs, but breaking out of bases, which is actually what's happening. I mean, there are so many cup and handle patterns that are very bullish here. Um, It's... It's a difficult market for investors. That's why you have to fall back on patterns like what does the Fed do to stop a, um, a bear market you know, or, or help end a bear market? I mean, clearly the Fed started this bear market in March uh, when they started tightening in a big way of 2022. So, you know, that's when you really got the 20 percent drop in the S&P. What about and, this TLT rally, Mark? Yeah. What, what's this telling you? The rally in the TLT. Look at that it's, rally from 92 to 110. It's telling you that the bond market believes there's a big recession coming. Because they're buying the longer end more comfortably than they are the short end. The shorter end? The risk is. Okay. So, you know, at, people who want to own bonds are buying the long end now. They're not being seduced by the yield curve and the short attractive short-term rates because they're, they're nervous. And, and they, you know, if you have, for many people, if you have a choice between the long bond market and stocks here, they view in Dennis's terms, much more risk in the stock market. So what bottoms first in this type of market? Is it going to be the bonds or is it going to be the equities? Bonds. Bonds for sure. Yep. So have the bonds bottomed? Looks that way. Hmm. I'm, I mean, so the that, long bond, the long bond, short, you know, short rates yeah. can still go up depending on how high the terminal rate is from the Fed. I mean, there could be a big bull market that we're just missing coming for the bond market as well. Like you start thinking about, you know, if we stop raising rates here, if we just don't even like not necessarily pivot where they're lowering rates, go. but if we just stop, the bonds maybe can rally in that. I don't know if the equities, like if, I think if interest rates stay up for the foreseeable future, equities are really going to not just take, take off. The they need an actual, like they'll need eventually to start to decline in rates. But bonds maybe don't. 
Maybe we should be buying bonds. Well, that, then, then you guys are out of business because you can buy the Because <laughs> I'm an equity trader. <laughs> you can buy the, the CLT and, and uh, go to bed. <laughs> no, Mark, I, you, you make know, historical references, right? And, um, you know, probably as, about as many as I can make. Uh, I just like to I look at things in the perspective of, you know, where the market was in 2019, what happened in 2020. The ridiculousness of 2021, the back to reality in 2022. I mean, is it? I mean, is there really a playbook for what has gone war in Ukraine, China tension? I mean, there's always been geopolitical concerns, Mm -hmm. but going back, I mean, maybe the Fed would have started raising. You know, let's say we didn't have the pandemic. Instead of start, you know, instead of just flooding you know, the, the economy and people with money handing out thousand dollar checks to everyone, but me and Dennis, um, you know, what, you know, what if scenario, maybe there's just an equilibrium here. And I don't, I don't, as far as rates going back down, I think Dennis, the scenario of them just flattening is more, but like we're, I, I, in my opinion, we're never going back down to those rates that we had before. Uh, it was just, it was too dangerous of a thing. And it was just because of what happened with the pandemic. Basically zero. All right, right team. Now. Just give me a second here. I don't want to interrupt you, Mark. There's more long uh, economic data is about to hit. So I just want to make sure that our traders are aware of it. Initial don't get caught course. by surprise We're here. Um, you get initial jobless claims that are coming out, continuous jobless claims. Uh, 1.6, uh, 1.6 million is the estimate for jobless claims for week, 228,750. Initial jobless claims estimate at 230,000 prior 225,000. I'll see how we're hitting the tape here. Just wanted to make sure that you guys are aware. Don't want to catch anybody. Yeah, 6150 is the high in the D's. So if you get to 6150, you got a little air pocket. Right now, that initial pop did not get us there. That's 5975. Uh, so keep an eye on that. This is called 3960. I'm sorry, Mark. We wanted to get no, that data. No, no, in that's there. important stuff. Uh, yeah, initial traders. jobless claims coming in right in line 230 versus 230. Continuous jobless claims at 1.671 versus 1.6. So that's at least a good outlook there. Um, doesn't seem bad. Inline numbers and the slight hotter on continuing jobless claims. Let's continue with the interview. Yeah, so there are some things. uh, Might as well revisit my bullish call on energy stocks. That market has taken a huge hit. And uh, there's still potential, I think, for crude oil to rally, but it's certainly looking like a stale trade right now. Did you buy the pullback in energy stocks? I mean, ExxonMobil's down 10 bucks in a week. Would you be buying these? Or is it like, let's just wait and see until CPI data comes? What would you be doing, Mark? I, selectively. Now, Oxy, which had been my favorite last year, uh, saw the power gauge turn bearish, so I don't want to go into Oxy. But there are a couple of stocks that have maintained bullish ratings. Uh, Valero is one of them. Uh, I love Dino, this, the old dinosaur Sinclair. Uh, it's had a big spike down here in the last two days or last week or so, wow. but it's maintaining the uptrend. So cool. I think selectively you can buy the energy stocks here. You know, this is part of that formulaic trade. When China is weak, the energy stocks have been selling off. And so you, you've got two things. You've got the weak dollar and you've got the um, the China 
macroeconomic situation weighing on traders. I mean, you know, again, does this really affect the fundamentals? No, but it affects the, um, the psychology of the big traders. And there's no market that's more driven than the energy market by big traders and big trader psychology. But you know, what's interesting is, and that's what is, you know, that's what's right and that's what's wrong with the market. Energy, uh, natural gas stocks really haven't been affected fundamentally by changes in the strategic oil reserve and so forth. We're exporting natural gas to Europe. Yeah. That was on the tape yesterday, and yet the EQT is down almost as much as, uh, but not quite, as Dino. And EQT would be my one stock to buy on weakness. It's the largest natural gas producer in America. We've mentioned it many times on the show. Um, it's it's just a terrific company. And if natural gas averages $5, a B, what they call a, an MM B for the next five years, they'll generate 21 billion in free cash flow, and the market cap is less than 20 billion. This has come off significantly from the yeah. highs to 51.97 down to 36. I mean, you do a fun 50% retracement, you know, and you're right in there right now. Yeah, so I, I think this would be the one energy stock I'd be buying here because it's natural gas. Europe needs natural gas. Russia's not going to provide it. Call. They're the biggest producer in, in America. And you know, at some point, the environment's going to get more friendly for pipelines and drilling. It has to. Otherwise, we've lost our energy independence. And, and that's if there's one failing of the Biden administration. And I think there's a lot of good that, that they're doing in terms of calming down the, the shrill. It's that they just haven't pivoted on their on our energy policy. They've gone in the wrong direction, in my view. And if we get a more friendly Washington toward energy, and we have to, otherwise, you know, we're going to be waiting until our grandkids are in college for, um, for solar to take over and, uh, and EVs. So we really need to amp up our pipeline construction. And you know how hard it is to get a pipeline built if you're Canadian, Dennis, right? Ha. Huh. Uh, that pipeline from Canada is, has been how long has that been delayed? 20 years? Hey, Mark, before we let you go, just on the inflation picture, which has been, you know, the bugaboo for the market. I mean, uh, of course, you never, the readings are taken. Crude was in the 80s. We, we theorized. But man, I'm looking at some of these commodity charts and this big boom in, you know, 120 crude and, uh, you know, $15 natural gas and beans at 20 bucks. Now, the beans are holding up okay. Uh, but if you really, if you look at the commodity trade overall, I mean, it's come off quite a bit. So, you know, do you think pumping piles looking a little bit forward? And, you know, maybe we, we have, I mean, is there any chance that we've seen that this, uh, the, just based on the commodity prices? I mean, it still takes a while to filter down to the consumer. Uh, but a lot of these, come, just come on on the commodity prices coming in. Well, housing and, as you know, housing and food are really the two biggest components that, that affect the consumer directly. The others are uh, supply chain, pipeline kind of issues. I'll go back to the, to the, the, the fact that we've seen a, um, an interest rate inflation bear market 
You know, in other words, the Fed felt they had to do something about inflation, and that was both hurting the consumer in their pocketbooks and then ultimately in what they had to pay for a mortgage. So that's phase one of the bear market. Phase two is the earnings recession. And we haven't seen that yet. We just haven't seen it. So, yeah, commodity prices are a good thing, dropping like they are. I'll tell you this. You go out to buy uh, cedar for siding because we're shoring up our barn. And even though lumber prices have plummeted, you're paying they three, don't come down. three or four times for cedar shakes, what you used to be paying, or even yeah. two by fours. Or doesn't show up. <laughs> doesn't show up at Home Depot. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, the contractors are still complaining, and you know, it's it's tough. But you know, I think you, you don't want to overthink this market. Respect the chart patterns. You've had a lot of bases and the breakouts, but also don't be greedy. You know, you've got some upside resistance trend lines in all the stocks you looked at today. So if you're buying them right, sell the trend lines, sell the fib uh, retracements. The fifty, we almost got to the fifty there. Yeah. Uh, so All right. There we go. I mean, uh, it's it's this is more upbeat than I have been only because we've we haven't broken down yet, but it's a big yet. I, I think the bottom is probably going to be made in February. All right. Well, thank you. Like always joining us, Mark Chaikin. And definitely, guys, check out Chaikin Analytics if you haven't done so before. Have a good one, Mark. You too. Be well. Take care. Mark. All right, we All made right. Uh, quick work of uh, well, not quick work yet. Uh, Sixty-one fifty. Uh, that was the high from yesterday. We sold off very high from that level and came down, and that was even a spy level too because that happened during the regular session. Up twenty-six, twenty-seven handles, just climbing uh, the wall. Worry here after the four-day decline. Uh, I have to I'm trying to pull up my levels here to see what's next, but uh, market, you know. But, Couple lows in the same area, battling back. We'll see what happens when the real liquidity comes in. Dennis, what do you see him moving out there? Everything, everything is up. It's an everything rally. Uh, just looking across the board, the only stock in the red, you know, major that I see is Tesla. Let's Obviously, talk Tesla. Multiple news headlines coming from Tesla here. Um, one obviously from last night with uh, potential. Uh, they were talking with Twitter, and I'm butchering mm -hmm. it because I don't know. I got you. No worries, Dennis. Oh, Mitch, is, bring it up here. You're the All right, guy. so uh, Elon Musk's bankers are considering Tesla margin loans to cut risky uh, <laughs> Twitter debt. So Twitter's facing about $1.2 in annual interest costs. Uh, margin loans are one of the several options that are being considered to ease the burden. And another report also from Bloomberg stating that Tesla has shortened shifts at the Shanghai factory and postponed hiring push. We're right near the lows of the move. Yeah. Once, it's one yeah. stock that really hasn't participated in the recent rally. And I'm going to say the Twitter concerns, you know, we've talked Tesla a lot on this show. The Twitter concerns are definitely a concern. But the other thing is just multiple contraction happening here. Um, you know, where this scenario where we can buy stocks trading 100 times earnings or 80 times earnings or 70 times earnings is gone. They're bringing it down to a reasonable multiple. At a certain point in time, Tesla's going to be a buy. Gets down to maybe 30 times earnings. And people say, oh, Ford, it's 37 here now or 38 or 40. Yeah, but we're also inflated. These earnings, and that's one thing that people don't consider when they're looking at the markets is we've got, you know, we've had a really rosy environment here for a lot of these earnings. And I'm not saying the earnings are going to come down. 
but I don't know if they're going to grow at what we expect them to grow. So I don't know if you can look at those forward multiples and say, oh yeah, here we are. It's cheap enough because I think those forward multiples might be wrong on the E. It's it's something that I was just concerned about. Uh, I don't need to be concerned about it. Uh, um, Elon Dusk. I mean, putting his stock in the hands of Wall Street at an elevated price like that, I just... It just didn't make any any sense to me. I mean, he just would have been better off just. I mean, it plus o- overpaying for Twitter, uh, based on where the multiples were trade. I mean, it just it's like a perfect. He would have just been better off selling all the Tesla stock he could, paying cash, and you know, I mean, he had the cash to do it, right? I mean, the guy's worth a couple hundred billion. I mean, I just putting your stock in the hands of Wall Street. I mean, it just. Just doesn't make any sense to me. Tesla's been hit uh, over the last couple days. It gave it back. The low of the move uh, comes in, I believe it's 166.19. And the closing low is 167.87. So uh, that's where you found interest before. I don't know if you got quite that low in the pre-market. But, uh, man, I mean, he's using his stock. And, and really, frankly, I think it's being used against him at this point. Uh, you do have a firm buyer here under 170. Oh, right well, we're right there right now. Or no, 172.30. Last few dips at 170, um, you found a buyer. Maybe someone that's uh, long to puts or something. 175 puts to trying to lock in some profits or something. So Pre-market low, 170.11. Leading the charge on the way down. Doesn't rally when the market rallies. And, you know, usually it's those stocks that, you know, when the market goes to turn, that'll be your leader on the downside. So you look for leadership. This is the leadership for the bears. So I don't know. Maybe there's going to be a headline that turns Tesla around. But there's nothing in the technicals that look good here. And when I look at the fundamentals, I see an expensive stock. All right. Let's Dennis, keep going. Dennis, you know, let's... I love the, the... Well, one last thing. You know, keeping track of, like, the top components, this puppy's slipping, Dennis. I mean, it was uh, Tesla was really working its way up the ladder. It got ahead of uh, um, uh, Brick B. It got a hold of a you not got ahead of United Healthcare. Uh, it got really stupid. very just yeah. stupid. And now it's really coming in. It's really coming. Hey, nice, Mitch. I like that. Getting an A for today. Uh, but it's slipping, man. It's uh, like Meta. Meta used to be five six. Meta's gone. But uh, it, it's slipping. That market cap is really slipping. And it's not moving with the S&Ps. That was the thing that really helped it out before. When the S&Ps were ripping, Tesla was ripping. Oh, yeah. Now, mm-hmm. you get you – get it's it's just not getting, you know, moved along when the S&Ps move. And that, that, that was a big factor in, the, you know, in 21, the stock splits were going to, you know, 5,000. And they would carry it around. Now – now there's just too much baggage and it's just not participating in those rallies. So now that I said all those bearish things, it will probably be back over 200. It's oversold. So it is oversold. That's a one. It, I was actually looking at that, Dennis. In your mentality from where it's being sold, it is oversold. But technically wise, I'll tell you, at least from my technicals, it's not oversold. It's not even oversold. If you go out and look at those monthly charts. It still charts, has room like, to go. It's at 42 on the daily. Look at the monthly oh. charts. Oh, that's scary. Oh, man. Yeah, the monthly charts. I see an ugly head and shoulders here. Again, again, not a pattern trader, but you see the head How many and shoulders. Months do you oh have man, there? we yeah. broke the neckline. Doesn't that mean broken neck? You don't buy yeah. it. Anymore. Yeah, you technical that... guys tell me, but that two hundred was a neckline. <laughs> Looks like it's breaking down from there too. Uh I, I just, 
I just not the stock to be in in a rising interest mm-hmm. rate environment. Maybe yeah. when the Fed pivots, next maybe you know what? Is... Well, the only turn of this around is if the CPI comes in late next week. Then they'll buy stocks like Tesla. <laughs> so it's dependent on the CPI. CPI hot, Tesla's murdered. CPI not. So it comes to light. The number comes to light again. They're going like, we've beaten inflation. They're going to buy all this stuff. So wait until the number. I think you got to wait till you know the number. And you got to be fast. All right. Let's go to the game stop or maybe to stop buying because it doesn't seem like anyone, at least I don't think I would touch game stop. But let's get towards those earnings. EPS at a loss of 31 cent, missing the loss of 28 cent estimate. Sales at $1.19 billion missed a $1.35 billion estimate. Uh, despite earnings miss, revenues miss, and absent guidance, looks like some people give it some love after hours yesterday. I've been watching this daily chart, and it just looks atrocious to me. So uh, I, I've learned today. the hard way that I can't say negative things about AMC, GameStop, or Bitcoin because I'll, I'll get 500 people reaching out ready to kill me. So I've, I'm not going to say anything about it. You know, it wouldn't have been nice. Don't worry. Was that Money Mitch? Money Mitch BZ. You guys can hit me up. I'll see you guys a little <laughs> you later. You want the 500 hate mail? <laughs> 500 people? <laughs> We're coming to get now. you. I Come get me. Uh, that Bitcoin thing. Was it Bitcoin? What was the thing? And then the one thing was looking up my the office in Vegas, and they were trying to come and get me. Dennis, let's not bring They thought I was in Vegas. Okay. Yeah, what I was that? What was it? was on Reddit. But what stock you, was you went, You went AMC? on a rut. Dennis, if, if you want to remind people. Um, they were coming to get me. You went on Russian TV. You went on Russian TV, Dennis. Is what you did. TV. Yeah, in the middle of. I I don't even know what they said. (laughs) I I can't remember. But they're mad. When you told me you were going on that, I'm like, oh my gosh, he is going to get absolutely blitzed. They were very mad at me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. I'll, you know what? Every trade has an out, right? And I'm not going to yep. give a bullish out, a bearish rant or anything. I'm just saying with all the splits and everything, I'm looking at this 1950 area, a monthly low at 1940, uh, another monthly low at 1944. If you're buying it at 2250, that's your risk. That's where it is on the monthlies. After that, it's going to ten bucks, and you know they split this thing. So well, it's like don't it's, say ten dollars at GameStop. You'll get that hate mail. No, no, I'm, gonna, I'm saying that's the next monthly low. I'm only <laughs> giving statistical information. I'm not okay. giving opinion. They'll turn information it though. It's like you, you said do. negative about our stock. I we said buy it at twenty two and a half and start Don't yourself man, out at you nineteen and a half. The best GameStop trader. And this is the backstory here was you bought that GameStop at what? Like six bucks or seven bucks and you wrote it to 350? You like were the GameStop master. You may have traded GameStop better than any other person on the face I can't of take the credit earth. for it. I, it was my nephew Hayden and he was and, reading the Reddit port. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, the only thing that I did was get us out because I was so sick of talking about it on the show. <laughs> and I just I didn't want to say that I owned the stock. And where, where did you where did you end up selling? Three fifty eleven. Oh my gosh! But that but I Look don't even know chart. what the split. But here's here's the where back did you sp- buy it? I think it was single digits. It was Lisa. It was Lisa. Yeah, but like it wasn't a big baggers. position. It was a small position. I think Luke did better than one. me. 
Luke sold at 420. But the story was is that uh, Lisa's home on Wednesdays, and this thing was just going absolutely crazy. And I'm just like, I, I just like, I begged her. I said, you know, we don't sell much. Let's get out on the close, you know, on Wednesday. And she said, okay. So we sold it. The close was like 350.11. I pick up my phone in the morning, and the thing's at like 435. And I'm like, Oh man, you know what a horrible sale! And then it 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 clo- and then that was really the closing high. You know how I like to focus on the closing yeah. high, but it was a small position. It was very lucky, and it was my nephew's call. So good there you call, go, nephew. Yeah, good call, good call. I'd hated, but okay, hey, Mitch, rain us right. in. Yeah, last thing I just want to mention with that GME, and we'll move forward. Is this date the thirty first? Was the day that they brought out their NFT marketplace? As you can see, it has was that gotten a fake no site love. or what? Did we ever get to the bottom of that? We thought it was a Wait, fake. No, site. I think it was real. No, it they got like a real so one. Cheesy that they we just, thought it was fake. Yeah, and another thing is they launched like, it very late, right? That just goes you goes to show you when you're late to the party, well, you're not going to get what everybody else got. And so GME did get that volume lift that one day, but quickly right back down below. All right, moving forward from love, GME. Let's get out of that. We'll chat. see what happens. What a loving chat to talk they about. They love us. Of course. Not 80% of about. the people, I think, love us. The other 20 hate, our, hate us. I mean, welcome to life, us. guys. That's Let's just get how rid of that 20%. That's impossible. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll tell you the, that. It's impossible. Because I say something, the 80 become the 20. So it's slowly. It's like, did like you guys 90%. go to school? Now Everyone 80, loved 20. you in school? They hate me more. Did everyone yeah, love you in much. school? No, I mean, maybe Joel, maybe, but no. yeah, I, everyone, loved Joel. They hated everyone me. likes Joel. <laughs> I had, I had... Half the people hated me. <laughs> exactly. I just right. big Canadian friends. Out there. All right, let's go. Canadian Come on, Mitch. Who nice. cares about We're going Exxon go. Mobil. Let's go let's to Exxon Mobil. And the oil stocks is they're wow. announcing a new corporate plan for the next five years. Looks like uh, I know that uh, we were starting to see oil turn around. This could have been where it starts shaking back, but let's get towards what they said. Uh, ExxonMobil expects $17 billion for lower emission initiatives through 2027, an increase of nearly 15%, expecting annual capital investments to remain at $20 billion to $25 billion. Uh, also announcing a share repurchase program expanded up to $50 billion through 2024, including $15 billion in 2022. Um, This wasn't the only oil stock that announced some news. I'm going to combine it so that we can talk about both of them here. Chevron also announcing 2023 capital expenditure budgets. So that's CVX, of course. Uh, Organic CapEx of $14 billion. Affiliate CapEx of $3 billion, including $2 billion of lower carbon CapEx. Um, They stated that we're maintaining capital discipline while investing to grow both traditional and new energy supplies. You have cash cow companies and cash burn companies. These companies are going to have good news coming because they have so much money they don't know what the hell to do with it. And then you have the caravanas of the world that have no money and they're just burning and they're eventually <laughs> a lot of trouble. I'd say, you know, you invest in the companies that are actually, you know, doing well. Now, with that being said, I still need a pullback in energy to get in. We've had a little bit mm-hmm. of a pullback. Recession hits, they are cyclical earnings, but is there still underneath demand in all these stocks? Uh, there is, and I I loved I love this chart here um, on the Exxon Mobil. Uh, I probably was horrible uh, talking about it in October, mid October, all the way up to the all time high. You know, trying to find a triple top or something. 
Uh, but that the period from last week, the one, two, three, four, five days of consolidation between 109.50 and 112. That was huge, right? You woke oil cracked, that cracked. You had a couple down days. Now what I'd be looking for, and you guys are talking about support and buying it. What I'm looking at is, you know, is this if this was the dip to buy, you put in a little double bottom here, and then you'll rally back and you'll try and take back half of this move. And there, so there's some overhead supply. There's some people here like I miss 110. I'm coming down to 108, or I'm coming down to 107. I mean. Because it's been such a big run. Uh, but if we look at the old time high, the old time high was made at uh, 114 and a half. We've had about, um, let's see, a t uh, 10, 12 point moves, six. So get back to that 107 and a half, 108 area, get half of that move back, and then all those old lows will be forming resistance too. So uh, trading above yesterday's high by good margin. So you even make it back half of that move today. I'd figure out that exact number. Keep an eye on it. Kind of same scenario with CVX wasn't as clean. It did have the consolidation that turned up yesterday. That'd be the same thing. I'd be looking at the 180 here uh, on a pop. That'd be half, just about halfway back from 190 to 170. All right, let's get out of the oil stocks. Let's keep this moving. We're getting some good motion here. Let's go to C3AI. Um, as uh, they reported their earnings, I'll give you guys the numbers here. Uh, they reported EPS loss of 11 cents beat the 16 cent loss estimate. Sales at 62.41 million beat the 60.86 million estimate. They do see Q3 23 revenue at 63 million to 65 million versus the 66.79 million estimate. So lowering their Q3. Uh, 23 revenue outlook and see fiscal year 23 revenue also below at 255 million to 270 million versus a 260 uh, overall fiscal 23 revenue. They ripped this up to 13 and a half last night. No. When these cash burn companies <laughs> rip, right there, that wick. When these cash burn companies rip up 10, 12 percent on a beat that, but they're still losing money, you sell them. So oh, yes. it was an opportunity last night to sell them. I have no interest in buying the stock whatsoever. Stop buying stocks that lose money. Oh, Dennis, Kramer's Dennis. right. He's wrong about a lot of stuff, but he's right. Buying stocks that lose money has been just a losing like way in 2022. People keep buying these stocks that are burning cash because they think they're coming back and they're not coming back. They had good stories. They were fun. Yeah, it was fun when AI was $176 a share in the end of at the biggest tech bubble that was bigger than the tech bubble of 2001. And, you know, now it's 11 bucks. Stocks go from 170 to 11. They usually continue to go lower. Uh, Mitch, could you make that daily chart a little bit bigger here for our listening audience? Because I, someone asked about this on at the close. And I, you know, I, you know, went low, like, you know, the old time low, that could be possible support. Uh, the old time low, 1129. Pre-market low comes in, or was it after hours low? How low did you get? It got, uh, you got to 11.37. But look at the highs, uh, three highs at the 13.50 area. Right there, right there, three highs in a row. A triple top, and they blasted over $2 into that area. You went just a tad, did you even get above it? 13, um, 13. 
52 is the high or at almost 1360. 1360 is the high and then you pull back. So if you are like messing with these things after hours, you get a pop like that, go to your dailies and try and find a, a corresponding point because that would have been uh, an excellent one. Uh, now, I don't even know. I mean, needs to get green and stay green and maybe it has a chance to rally. Actually, if you're looking for a shorter top, if it could actually clear... 1250, there's a chance of a rally, but that that's the highest from the last two sessions. All right, let's keep going. We'll go to Siena, uh, Q4 EPS here at 61 cent. Uh, that's C I E N. Uh, Q4 EPS at 61 cents may not compare to the eight cent estimate. Uh, sales at 971 million beat the 849.88 million estimate. Big lift here. Of course, we just talked about that EPS coming in uh, way off the estimate there. That might have helped it, but big push here. Value tech blows earnings away, made a lot more money than obviously they expected to make. So that's the reason. It's easier stocks to short. I'll say that. But, you know, I don't want to buy anything that's up 17%. So I'm just laying off this one. Yeah, I don't know. You've. But if you get back up to the pre-market high, I mean, that, yeah, that'd be some heavy lifting. I would just keep that as a target. Uh, 53.49. What do you got on the dailies? I mean, you're filling a gap at 50. I'd even, I I would, the way we pulled back from here, I'd be, if I wanted to try and sell this thing, if I was long, I'd be out there like 52. There was a pair of highs just over 52. So big move uh, for Sienna. Decent volume, but Boy, got overdone there. We'll see what happens on this one. Nice little push. I like the monthly chart on this one. If you're thinking about longer term, 40 seems to be a good support. Let's move towards Disney. What about Disney? Add support. Should everyone just go out and get Walt Disney today? Well, the truth is, if you would have got it just yesterday, you would have got it at a discount. So that's another thing to keep in mind, right? When these price increases are coming, keep in mind, there's ways to get around them. But Disney will debut its new ad-supported tier today that will cost $7.99. The existing ad-free plan will be increased from $7.99 now to $10.99. So if you would have got it yesterday, you could have got that ad-free instead of looking at ads today. But just mentioning that and how timing is everything. It is. And you're at that huge support, the 90 support that obviously did breach in November. We pulled back and given back the entire move from where obviously we got the Iger news. Um, so again, you don't have to chase in this market. It always seems to give you a second chance on the long mm-hmm. side. I have a small half size position in Disney. I want to add to it. The recession worries of next year are keeping me from adding to it. Boy, oh boy, this is a tough one. You got to pop. I'll just give you your pre-market high uh, in 93. What do you have on the dailies? Got a high at 92.79. So if you get a if you get a strong 93 bid, the way the spoos are moving here, you know, you might get a rally. I don't know if you're going to see your two-day high at 96, uh, but that's a good level. Maybe if you're, if, you know, that'd be three-buck rally. Maybe not today, maybe tomorrow if it has a couple good days. Uh, your three-day close at 95.93. Uh, I just want to digress here for one second, and I very oh, rarely nice. talk sports, but someone asked a sports question. And Dennis, <laughs> I know you don't follow sports that much, okay? I mean, I know you do, but you don't follow, like, the gambling, right? Do you know the Lions are playing the Vikings this week? 
Yeah, what's the and line? What do you think the line is? It's in Detroit. The Vikings no are ten and two. Just put the it number this way: one... I'm taking the against the Lions. I, I'm taking against the Lions too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the line is, but take I'm not going Just with take the Lions. A five and seven Lions Plus at 100. home against ten and two Minnesota. What do you think the line is? Plus one fifteen. No, 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 no. The, not the bunny line, Mitch. Not oh, the oh, the the yeah. Don't the spread? say spread, Mitch. Yeah, just don't look it up, Dennis. I see you looking at your computer. What's the spread? Just take a guess. The Lions, the five and seven Lions, I'm at home know. versus. The, I'm, 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 I'm like lobbing it. There's up like zero up. chance they can win that game. There's zero chance they're There's gonna like win. Zero okay, you guys heard it first. That That's not investment advice. That's sport. What do you think the spread is? <laughs> guess. I don't. How many points do you think the Lions are getting? The the Lions sometimes get zero. They sometimes get forty. So you don't know with the Lions. No, how many points? This is a Dennis. They're going to lose by at least two touchdowns. Okay, so he's saying fourteen plus fourteen plus fourteen plus fourteen. Yeah, they're giving. He said fourteen. Okay, two touchdowns. The Lions. Are you ready, Dennis? What is the Lions are favored by two and a half? The Lions are favored. By two and a half. I'll tell you right now. I'm taking that to Vegas right now. Is somebody injured on Minnesota? (laughs) Nope. Because that would make a difference. The Lions are way better than the record. Me and Mitch are actually going to right now. We're going to take. We're going to mortgage our house and we're going to bet on Minnesota. How in the hell? Uh, the Lions are way better. Than I'm just, that's what they say all, every year. Yeah, the Detroit says this every oh, wait, year. I gotta go. Year. I gotta go on that note. Uh, I'm a guys, Lions fan. At the close, the Lions are we'll be... Are you right, Joel? Okay. Are you right? The Lions are favored uh, to win that This is what happens, game. Joel. You want to digress. I'm sorry. And I now I look. It's nine. It's nine oh one. I don't think. I think you're wrong. There's no way. The okay, Lions you want to bet a hundred state? You want to bet your house against my house? The Lions are favored. I'll bet you a million dollars. Two million. Dude, five million. Ten million. Joel, I got a house down here. You can Call take it. I'll shots. take yours. Got the All right, listen. Pre-market prep at the close. Benzinga is doing some kind of Benzinga thing. Um, so go to premarketprep.com. I'll get it set up and tweet a little bit earlier. Uh, Dennis, it's a Thursday. You think you can come by for a few minutes? Uh, maybe. Okay, I'll send you the link. Okay, the everyone, link. talk to you I'll later. I'll try to come by. Yeah. That, that the Lions are seriously there. favored to win that game? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know uh, what's going on in Vegas if they're trying to play games on you. But yeah, I guess they're favorite they to win like that to game. Yes, every once in a while. <laughs> you you got to remember, right? The Vikings have lost what two games all season. Yeah, I, I don't understand how. This I, team I is. agree that the Lions have actually played pretty good. So I mean, I feel like they are better than the record of five and seven. But this was supposed to be a year that we were going to challenge for the playoffs, and. You know, the same thing happens every year. If you're a Lions fan, the same thing happens every year. We get the hype. We get like, yep, it's different this year. This team is better. We're going to at least go 500. And then, you know, you and sometimes we win the first game or, you know, we're, we're like three and one out the gate. We're like, this is our year, man. And then they always go on their five-game losing streak, which they have every single season. And the season is pooch. That's what happens with the Lions. It's what happened again this year to pretty much. So are they better than the record? Maybe, but, you know, it's the same thing every time. So you can't ever get on the Lions bandwagon because it's a sad bandwagon to be on. Yeah, I mean, at least they have good following. At least they have good following. I'll give them that at least. 
I won't hit on. I won't hit him too hard. We'll wait till we'll take. We'll wait till Monday to hit him a little harder. But <laughs> have a good one, Dennis. Go see do you what guys. you do best, my friend. Go yeah. trade. I'll definitely see you tomorrow. All right, let's keep going after it. Um, team, what's coming up next? Come over now. Join us on the Benzinga FinTech Awards. Come out, team. we got a great day. It's the FinTech Deal Day. What's going to happen? Well, right now they're already going on and how leaders can make FinTech more exclusive. At 9.15, we'll get regulation, the problem, solution, ensuring a balance. Come over, team. Check out what we got for you today. And I will see you guys a little bit later. Like always, hit the thumbs up. And I'll join you guys like always. I'll be in the chat. You guys want to chat in there? Talk about stocks also while the FinTech deal day is going on? Come join the stream. I'll see you guys over there.